guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio ZSL Podcast. And today we're getting back into some more reading because, again, I know that the majority of you out there love reading. And you know what? I'm going to try to break down a special. As a matter of fact, this might come tomorrow. Um, and this one is going to be a super special just because I've had the opportunity to teach at a company presentation workshop. I'm sorry, not teach, but train at a company. And it's amazing to see how much better my students have gotten within a six hour period. See, this is why you need accelerated English trainers. This is why I have such a specific job that a lot of people are like, oh my God, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know about you. I know this. Not only that, but big, big shout out to the girl. Her nickname go, well, Her nickname is Rabbit. I know, kind of interesting. Hey, nicknames out here in Thailand are very interesting. Trust me, I've heard crazier. Now, Rabbit just so happened, she said, oh, do you have a podcast? I said, of course, I have three. She's like, okay, uh, what is it? And so I actually uh, gave her my podcast. She's like, oh my God, I've listened to this before. I said, no way. See, guys, when you become a learner, a learner of life, a learner of, it. when you live it, you become it. She has not taken one formal or informal class setting in terms of learning English throughout her life. Her company has just started providing English training sessions. Hopefully I can take, you know, sole possession of all those trainings and whatnot. And now she's way on, you know, she's, <sighs> By watching Netflix, by listening to podcasts and different things, she speaks excellent English. Better than most that go to these government schools and private schools out here in Bangkok. Why? Because she lives it and she loves it. Guys, you better learn how to you better learn how this world works. So with that being said, guys, let's get into this reading. I'm gonna break down some presentations on tomorrow's podcast. And then we're gonna top it off on Thursday with some really, oh, as a matter of fact, on Friday with some very good listening. So stay tuned for that. So with that being said, here we go. Gaming, society, and the individual. This is what the article is. This is a true, false, and not given. Now, unfortunately, I don't feel like, of course, writing out this big article and, you know, putting some true, false, and not given within it. Uh, but I am going to start doing this, especially on my Patreon. So again, if you guys are interested in that, that is in the link in the description. But nonetheless, let's get started. Traditionally, gaming was solely the pursuit of a hardcore minority. But the rise of mobile gaming over the past five years has significantly expanded this user base. While there remains a dedicated core that plays anything up to 40 hours a week, the equivalent to a full-time job, hundreds of billions now play for a more leisurely half an hour to an hour a day. From the early arcade games of the 70s and console wars of the 90s, to the current boom in massively multiplayer online games, MMOG, and virtual reality, Gaming has become ingrained in all aspects of modern society. While gaming is often reputed to have a negative impact on child development and behavior, an emergent body of research suggests we may have been a little quick to judge. Perhaps the most well-publicized concern is that gaming is casually linked to increased levels of violent behavior. Bullshit. 
But anyways, let's keep going. Especially amongst children and adolescents. The general perception is that violent video games incite real-world violence. Yet, frankly, there is considerable evidence to the contrary. I can't even pronounce this name, but I can pronounce the second one. Mishkin, in 2015, found that it is, in fact, the duration of gameplay, not the content of the game itself, that is likely to have a detrimental influence on behavior. Furthermore, according to Ferguson, 2010, Many studies are purely observational and use measures to evaluate aggression that do not correspond to real-world violence. And that is consequently impossible to demonstrate a cause and effect relationship. In this area, at least, it seems that simply isn't enough robust data to support common wisdom. Another commonly held belief is that gaming leads to the social isolation of our youth. It is largely perceived as an insular activity that has profoundly negative effect on the individual's ability to interact with their peers. While superficially attractive theory, while a superficially attractive theory, it fails to consider the role and prominence of MMOG. These games, by definition, require interaction in fact, it is often impossible to succeed in them without the cooperation of others. Rather than being socially isolating, they may actually improve real-world social skills. A notion that seems to be supported by the research. Covis and Masfidi et al., whatever country you're from, in 2016, found that children who frequently play video games are actually more likely to have superior intellectual and social skills than those who play no games at all. Furthermore, in a review of research, Granick et al. 2014 concluded that gaming encourages both collaborative behavior and social interaction. While gamers undoubtedly spend less time socializing offline, the perception that gaming is socially isolating simply isn't borne out by the research. However, one issue that is a little less clear cut is the impact on gaming or of gaming on academic performance. See, a wealth of studies has identified a strong correlation between excessive gaming and poor performance on standardized testing. But who really gives a damn about standardized testing? Nonetheless, while no casual link has been clearly demonstrated, researchers attribute the effect to sleep deficit and a propensity to skip class. Gamers also tend to demonstrate higher levels of aggression to their peers and are generally more hostile towards teachers, neither of which correlate with good grades. Yet perhaps, somewhat counterintuitively, gaming has been shown to be a benefit to children with Attention Deficit Disorder, also known as ADD. Furthermore, another study in 2014 found that habitual action gamers are actually better analytical decision makers and can work faster and with a higher level of accuracy than their non-gaming counterparts, all of which are hugely beneficial in an academic environment. Another key area for discussion is the impact of gaming on physical and mental development. Gamers have repeatedly demonstrated 
greater hand-eye coordination, improved dexterity, and better spatial awareness than their non-gaming counterparts. Largely due to the sheer speed at which they are expected to interpret and react to visual stimulus. Furthermore, gaming is arguably beneficial to mental health. And according to a study by the Max Planck Institute in 2013, may even help prevent neurodegenerative, I hate that word, I almost had it, neurodegenerative diseases. However, as the vast majority of games require little to no physical movement, one might reasonably claim them to be a contributory factor in childhood obesity. However, children also spend prolonged periods of time watching TV and using mobile devices, both of which contribute to a more sedentary lifestyle. It would therefore be unjust to infer that gaming alone is the direct cause of obesity. In conclusion, while there is research to suggest that gaming can have a negative impact on academic performance and our physical health, the commonly held beliefs that video games led to violent behavior and are socially isolating simply aren't borne out by the evidence. In fact, collaboration and, by extension, social interaction are intrinsic parts of massively multiplayer online gaming. Furthermore, gaming can enhance fine motor skills and may well prevent a range of mental health issues. However, as gaming continues to encroach on all specks of society, one thing remains clear. We must continue to study its impact on all aspects of our lives. It is so interesting that I've actually read that. Just because I brought on Nikki Brunton. Now, I think Nikki Brunton, again, on my personal development podcast, it was a beautiful thing, don't get me wrong. The thing is, what she experienced with her children is what she experienced with her children. She took away technology and she saw the aggression reduce. And that may well be true. The aggression, we're not talking about standardized testing here, we're talking about aggression in general. But honestly, with the way YouTube and stuff is and how it's structured and how you can communicate with people very easily from around the world, I'll give you an example. Some of those online jazz radio stations that I kind of listen to that, but, but without, yeah, just jazz music because I'm just such a believer in jazz. It makes me just go to a very, very high place. People speak to one another. And I love it because a lot of Americans are in these specific chat rooms. And they always say, hey, where are you from? I'm from Korea. Where are you from? Morocco. Where are you from? St. Louis. See, that promotes intellectuality. It doesn't take away that. You could develop interpersonal skills and social skills by speaking to someone online. And, does that, and a lot of people would say, that doesn't mean that it's face-to-face. -face. Oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. It could happen. It definitely happened, and it happened to me. That's how I started developing myself, of course, by talking to people online. I'll give you a very good example. Now, social media dating websites. I remember I got on one seven years ago, and I said, you know what? If I want to move to Thailand, I need to meet some friends. I want to meet some friends, and so I did. I messaged a whole bunch of random people, and all of a sudden, when I got home from a bar, that really opened up my mind like to the max. It was called The Cellar out there in Las Vegas. The jazz music, 
the conversations, how people bought drinks from one another. It felt like it was in a fairy tale 1970s type of jazz parlor. It was amazing. Came home, had a string of emails, one of them being Mook. Mook is now on a working holiday visa out there in New Zealand. She speaks three languages now, but she was only an elementary English speaker when I first met her six years ago, as well as Ploy. Ploy is her friend who I met for the first time. They were my first real two friends, Thai friends. And Ploy was a beginner, high beginner level. And now she's an advanced speaker flying as a flight attendant for Qatar Airways while living in Doha, Qatar. That had me develop my confidence. Now, can I speak to women very easily? Absolutely. One, because I live in Thailand. Thailand, they definitely, the women out here are definitely top 10 in the world. They are extremely beautiful. So living in a country like this and going to another country, let's say on a holiday or going back to America, oh my God, talking to women there, it's very easy because I am not intimidated by looks anymore. Hell, I grew out of that almost a decade ago. Well, I would have to say about seven, six years ago. Because now I live in a country where everyone is beautiful. Now show me your intellectual side. It's not what gaming has done. It's what social media has done in terms of improving my social skills. So instead of pointing fingers and saying this and that and all these crazy things about what gaming is doing to our generation, come on, let's be honest. It's actually helping. So with that being said, guys, stay tuned for more. We got presentations tomorrow. Over and out.